This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hey, welcome into another episode of At The Turn. We are so excited. Nick just dropped some good news on me off the pod. Do you want to share that here, Nick, or is that is that just for us? I mean, I, it's not it's not a secret. I just don't think our, our listeners really care. I'm, I'm, I'm buying in the house. So ah, selling my house buying a house, you know, for all the concerned listeners. You know what, though? It will come into play a little later when we talk about um, how to pick your home golf course. Oof. That's going through. I'm not only moving homes, Joe, I'm moving home golf courses. Goodbye, Hemlock Ridge. Hello. I'm not sure. That kind of hurts my feelings. That means I'm never going to play Hemlock Ridge with you. We've talked about it for years. It's still a public course, Joe. We can make it happen if we are dedicated enough. Uh, I hope there's a better option. Plenty to get to in this episode. I'm going to discuss... How to buy a golf course. Nick is going to do a... (laughs) Talk about your home course. (laughs) Nick is going to do a dive into the majors on the women's side. We have some old-timey advice, a new bit that I'm very excited for, and the mad golfer of the week. Nick, before we get to any of that good stuff, I'm going to implore the listeners of At The Turn to please rate and review the podcast. Give us five stars. Put a little review in there. Say, hey, Nick, Ash, congrats on the new purchase. Very excited to get a new home and make the move. Please give us five stars, rate and review at the turn. Okay, Nick, I haven't told you anything about this. I hope you're buying a golf course. Pull up a chair because it's story time. Oh, my God. Folks are well acquainted with Bandon Dunes, which is in the extreme southern coast of Oregon. Golf Digest put out their top 100 public courses. All the tracks are in the top 15. It is golf mecca. There's other courses on the Oregon coast. There's not a lot. There's some gems. Manzanita comes to mind. It's a beautiful nine-hole track in a sleepy community in Oregon. 
There's some courses kind of in the central coast. As you get north, there's some courses as well. There's now a dead spot in the Oregon coast for golf. There's a golf desert. And that is because Alderbrook Golf Course in Tillamook County is not open. It's closed. No longer open for business. Nick, are you familiar with Tillamook cheese, Til- Tillamook products? You know, I, I'm I'm actually really familiar with, with Tillamook cheese. Um, so our one-year-old, his favorite food is cheese. So we get him rustic cut cheese and I always get him, I always get him Tillamook. And Ashley has no idea. And I'm like, ah, oh, Gavin, get that West Coast cheese. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, you got to eat the West Coast cheese. And, and like, she actually doesn't believe me that it's, that it's West Coast cheese, but it is. Ashley, I'll I'll tell you this right now. Myself, Lacey, and a couple of friends were at the Tillamook Creamery just two weeks ago. We had ice cream, cheese samples, all the hidden cheese. I'm not sure what rustic cheese is, but I'm sure it was available. What is rustic cheese? Rustic cut. It's just the style of cut. It's Can like it's like it? it's like grated, but it's thicker. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's not so small that it's when it's shredded that it's just like tiny and, and flakes off everywhere. But it's you know it's small enough that a that a baby with no teeth can can eat it no problem. And it's probably a great time for him. I'm sure he loves it. He he goes ham. The only golf course in Tillamook County was Alderbrook Golf Course. It closed late in the fall, and I know this because I was looking to play golf when we were going out to Tillamook. Just squeeze in nine. You know, we're going to be at the coast. The weather was nice. And I couldn't do it because it was closed. Now, when you Google Alderbrook Golf Course, it's very vague as to what happened. So I did a little bit of research. I contacted the realtor thinking I was just going to do a little bit. How much does this cost? And that was going to be that. After a couple emails, I did get a response. And I spoke to the realtor probably for like 15 minutes about this golf course. The owner is very private, does not want to talk to someone like me. I identified myself as a journalist, which is a very charitable description. <laughs> Nick, loose, loose term. That's okay. I have a price tag. I figured out how much this golf course costs. Now, before you guess how much it costs, let me give you a little, a little background. So as I mentioned, it's in Tillamook County. It is a rural, rural area, right? course is zoned rural residential. Now you're from Idaho. You probably have some sense of what that means. Basically, you can't stack houses on top of each other like you would in a very urban area like Portland where I live, for example. So the seller wants to keep it as a golf course. The realtor told me they had many credible offers. None were taken. This course is still for sale. Can you guess what the price tag of a golf course where if you went north and south, 90 minutes in each direction, you can't find a golf course. That may be an exaggeration, probably more like 45 minutes each direction, but it's a golf desert. Do you have a guess on what the price tag is? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, uh, we're going to do the spelling bee thing here. I'm going to need to the country of origin. I'm going to need you to use it in a sentence. Okay. So first of all, you said it's a nine hole course. It is not. It is a full 18 hole golf course. 18 hole course. With a clubhouse. Right. That was remodeled within the last decade. It's a nice clubhouse. I played there seven years ago. It's it, it was it was a nice golf course when I played it. Okay. Um, how many acres are we talking? I think it was 40. 40 acres. Okay. Wow. Um, 
so I'm assuming there's a fleet of carts potentially that uh, comes with. Do they, do they say what else is included in the in the sale? I did not inquire as to whether the golf carts were included. There is a restaurant, a okay. grill. There is okay. kitchen equipment that would be included mm. within the purchase. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 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 tack on a nice fridge to whatever your price tag. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, God, I'm so bad at, at this stuff. Um, I'm gonna guess something that's that's probably. I'm gonna guess I'm. <laughs> Before I guess my number, I'm going to guess my number is eight figures off from the actual number. <laughs> Do you have any like inkling of what it would cost? I'm going to guess. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess five mil. Five million dollars. Yeah. The listed price for the golf course, and this was as of two years ago. This is pre-pandemic, okay? It closed you can, you in November, but it's, it's, been, it's been for sale for, I think, six or seven years now. So before the pandemic, the price has gone up since then. It was $3.9 million. So if you offered $5 million, you'd probably get a phone call back. That's All not bad. Need- I was going to say – I was going to say, I, you could tell me it's $1 million or $21 million, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, to- that sounds totally right. Five, okay, really, so so 3.9? We could get it for five? Hey, get Romy on the phone. It's just, you know, I have a couple friends, Romy being one of them, who's like a real wheeler and dealer. I feel like I could convince like a half dozen friends to squirrel some money together and actually make an offer on this thing. The problem is, I don't think you want to own a golf course. Why not? Like, I think that's the last thing you want to do if you want to actually play golf. That's probably true. Like, what would you – okay. We buy this golf course, okay? Me, you, right. Ash, and Lace, we, we split it four ways. We what each would, put down what, a million. We, we each throw a million in. Romy throws a million in. This, so the podcast million. is so successful where we just got millions to throw around. <laughs> well, we do have new partnerships. We're very As you will soon learn. <laughs> later on in the podcast. So – what what would your preferred position be at this golf course? Uh, I would have to, to to figure out how to operate the lawnmowers, and I'd have to be the I'd have to be the soup. Uh, I, nobody's paying me for a golf lesson, Joe, and I'm, I'm not, I got to be outside. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be stuck in the pro shop. You know, I'm not gonna be the starter. I'm not gonna be folding t shirts. I'm not gonna be the ranger. Tell people to keep to pick it up. You know, I, I'm going to be out on my own. I'm a John Deere. Um, you know, cutting the holes. You know, yeah, that that's me. I I'll be up. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll finish my shift about an hour after the sun comes up. You know, go drink a bunch of coffee and uh, and, and try to sneak in some golf. I think that's got to be it's got to be it. I think I'm the starter and the ranger. Yeah, you are because you want to talk to you want to talk to every single person who walks through that course. I, I want to talk to none of them. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to be at Heidelberger Country Club, so I, I want to see who's going to play at our golf course. It's it's very exciting. I, I'm going to work in the pro shop. I'm going to be a starter. I'm going to be a marshal. But I'm also mm. in charge of hiring our marshals. I want the best old men Tillamook has to offer. And as someone who was recently there, they got a pile of them. There they're, are they're one or two out there. You know what? I, I want to rescind my answer. I would actually be the bartender. Oh, there you go. You know what? That's a great answer. And that's something that's sorely lacking around here is a really great 19th hole spot. There are very far mm. and few between. Can you remember the great bars at golf courses? Like 
How many come to mind when I even say that out loud? I only have like two so, in my head. I mean, God, I, I hope this is relatable to our listeners, but like the only time in my life I was playing golf when I actually had the ability to spend four and a half hours on the golf course and then like a couple hours afterwards just drinking with the bros was when you and I were playing at U of I and the 19th hole there was the corner club. I mean, I, I there was no on-site bar. I, I can't remember a time I just – went and played golf and then like chilled in the bar just to kill some time for a few hours. Well, uh, I'm distressed to report how long ago that actually was. That's it's over a decade ago now, if you can believe that. That's wild. So folks, if you want to make an offer, please Google Alderbrook Golf Course. The contact information for the Realty Company is there. Bit of insider info here. I did find out that the gal who is the realtor for this golf course is, in fact, the niece of the owner of the golf course. But that being said, she was very, very friendly. And I hope they open it back up because they need more golf courses up there. Um, Nick, with that, I'm going to cede the floor to you. All right, Joe, we're going to talk major champions, maybe major championships. Major season starts next month. Let's go. Did you did you know that? Yeah, the players. <laughs> so we're talking women's golf majors, yeah. Joe, and I am going to give you one point for each of the women's golf majors you can get, and I'm going to predict you're going to finish this quiz with four and a half points, and I'll explain to you why, but go. Well, there are – well, Okay. I was going to get cute and give more information, but let me just let me just rip <laughs> we'll, these off. We'll get to the bottom of it. The U.S. Open. That's it. The British Open. Mm-hmm. The LPGA Championship? I'll give you that. It's, it's, it is the, the Women's PGA Championship, but we'll, we'll get some more of that history. That's, that's pretty close. Now, here's, here's the one. Is the... Is the Evian Masters a major still? It's not, is it? It used to be. Well, that's well. No, that's a good. That's a good point. Evian, the Evian Championship, is a major, and it actually hasn't been called the Evian Masters since it was elevated to major status. So they basically said you can be a major, but you've got to drop the word Masters from your name. <laughs> I said, okay, done. I mean, I'm sure the Augusta National Golf Club had some input with that decision. And then the um, the uh, Nabisco. Man, Joe, you, you're you going with all the like, not even. The craft Nabisco? Not, not even the last name, but the name of these tournaments from like five names ago. <laughs> what is, wait, what is what is the Nabisco called now? The Chevron Championship. Oh. But before that, it was the ANA Inspiration. Before that, it was the Kraft cool. Nabisco Championship. Yeah. Before that, it was just the Nabisco Championship. Before that, it was the Nabisco Dinosaur. Before that, it was the, the Dinosaur. Nabisco Dinosaur Invitational. It has also been the Colgate Dinosaur and the Colgate Dinosaur Winners Circle. You can tell my parents that the sponsors have changed for like the last thirty years, but they're, they're always going to call it the Dinosaur. They 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 still reference the Dinosaur because they used to go to it when they were dating. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, I feel like signing a, a five-year title sponsorship deal on a major championship, hopefully those days are numbered because 
it really is too bad. The ANA inspiration is what I knew it by, and I knew it as the the, the craft Nabisco, and you know, it's the one where they jump into the pond. Yeah. After the the eighteenth, uh, after the seventy second hole, so. I'm just going to give you a little bit of of uh, kind of a fun fact, a tidbit. We can go off. We can riff a little bit on each of these each of these majors. Wait, how many points did I get? First of all, well, I was going to give you a half a point for the Chevron Championship. I was assuming you were going to call it the ANA, um, but you went back even deeper. So, uh, and then like the LPGA Championship um, and Evian Masters, like you, you really, you might get extra points for, for going with the OG names on all of these. Clearly so my I, LPGA I, fandom well, peaked at about 2006. Exactly. Exactly. So we might need to, uh, confer with the judges on that one. <laughs> so you have some fun facts, but before you get into them, can I get to a broader point real quick? Yeah. I don't want to sound like the dumb caveman on here, but why don't they just put more women's golf on? Just put more women's golf on TV live. Put it on taped. I find it so disconcerting that they so often have it compete with PGA Tour. Like they'll air it on the golf channel during the final round of the Pebble Beach or the Phoenix. That's fine if you're going to do that, but also re-air it later that night. Like air the final round on a Tuesday night if people didn't get a chance to watch it. There's so much crap that the golf channel airs when they have all this golf coverage and they just air it once. Like just a couple weeks ago, Danielle Kang and Lydia Ko were in the final group of a really cool final round because the wind was blowing like crazy. And I didn't get a chance to watch the last, I think, six holes. I was playing golf and I really wanted to watch it again. I DVR'd it so I was able to. But the point is, if you have two of the top stars in the game competing in a final round in like really windy, interesting conditions, Put that on again on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday. There's just not enough opportunity for it to be on television because Golf Channel has decided they don't want to air it. It sucks. No, that's a good point. Maybe, Sorry, uh, rant over. No, maybe you'll make a, some, some calls to uh, to Golf Channel, NBC Sports, and see if we can make some changes up there. Let's do it. Um, so the Chevron Championship, previously known as the ANA, previously known as all those names I just ranted off, um, it's actually going to move as part of the new sponsorship with Chevron. It's going to move to Houston. So it's been in California for its entire existence. Um, where, where they, where they jump in the pine poppies pond after the, after the last hole. Um, and after this year, so 2022 is the last year it's going to be played in California. Then it's going to move to Houston. So there's only two of the women's golf majors that have been played kind of like the masters at one site. It doesn't rotate. It's been at one site in its existence and the Chevron championship is going to lose that distinction after this year. And then also what are they going to do with Poppy's pond? Are they going to kind of replicate that? Are they going to find a course with water on the 18th green? Are they just going to say, ah, that tradition is gone, which is what I imagine they'll do. Um, but that is the note on the the Chevron Championship. That's the one we're going to have to get used to. The Chevron Championship is a major championship in women's golf. Are we going to have to get used to it? Because I hope a better sponsor comes on than Chevron. I mean, look, Chevron is a giant oil and gas company that has plenty of money to throw around to attach to all kinds of sporting events. It does suck that you lose the famous celebration after the 72nd hole. It's a thing we're all familiar with. You jump in the pond. 
It's very exciting. You ask what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Idiots like me and you are going to make a four-footer for double bogey on 18 and jump jump in the pond. They're going to have to fish us out afterwards. Uh, yeah. Okay. The U.S. Women's Open. I'm going yeah. through these chronologically, the way they fall yeah. on the calendar. So the Chevron Championship starts. It's late March. It bleeds into like the last couple of days of March, first couple of days of April. So we really are coming right up. We're about four or five weeks away from that, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah. Um, this the biggest is, one. It is the biggest one. And you can't – it's not even like, well, the Americans want to win this one. Some people want to win that one. The Brit, You know, the European – no. It, it, the U.S. Women's Open is the major. If there was one major – it would be the U.S. Women's Open. Do you know what the purse is for the for the U.S. Women's Open? I know it's bigger. It's $10 million. Yeah, good. <clears throat> it should be. It should be. So last year, they gave out $5.5 million. That was the purse. And my, I, I'm like 99% sure. When it was handed out, when that purse was, was you know, at the end of the tournament, it was the largest in LPGA history. I think – one of the other majors passed it, had 5.5 or 5.6. So they're right there um, afterwards. But now they're they're basically taking the largest purse and, and almost doubling it. So it's going to be $10 million this year, which is awesome. Um, an interesting fact on the U.S. Women's Open, it didn't start as a major. The first like four or five years that it was played, it wasn't a major. Um, and then in 1950, to get elevated to that major championship status. Where's it being played this year? Um, let me uh, have it pulled up right here. Pine Needles. Oh, sure, in Jersey. Or is that or is that Pine Valley? Well, uh, you're thinking of Pine Valley. Pine Needles yeah. in uh, North Carolina. Nice. Yeah. Um, I I I I hope they go back to this. I'm pretty sure they're doing it in a couple of years, but. Get the men and women on the same track every year. There's no reason why they shouldn't do it every year. I went to Pinehurst in 2014, saw Martin Keimer win. The next week, Michelle Wee won her early major championship. Just do it. It makes a lot of sense. It gets fans familiar with the venue. Maybe oscillate who goes first every other year. But it's cool. You get familiar with the golf course either by watching the women first and then the men, whether the men first and the women. You're more familiar if it's not a course like Pebble or Tory that is on the rotation heavily. I just don't understand why they don't do, why they don't do it every year. But kudos for dumping more money into the purse. Yeah. It just no, has to be done. I would imagine that if if you played the, the U.S. Women's Open at the, the men's venue, the same venue, the week before, you would probably get – that would probably be the way to maximize eyeballs because people – who are planning on watching the men's tournament, probably planning on betting. They want to scope out the course. They want to see what types of players actually perform well there, what type, you know, what stat leaders in which categories ascend to the top of the leaderboard. I bet you you would really, really capitalize on eyeballs if you did shuffle it that way. And maybe they'll get a little more on the same page. I know they've already announced U.S. Open venues till like 2050. Um, so I think there is more of kind of a cohesion there and the USGA is is like making these bigger plans and, and Pinehurst is going to host a bunch and um what's the one in Pennsylvania is it Oakmont I believe Oakmont. is going to host a bunch um so maybe they will kind of merge a little bit more I guess we'll see but yeah that that is you know they did that at Pinehurst before like you said and um 
I think there's a big opportunity there to get more eyes in the women's game. I just feel like tennis does this and tennis is the biggest corollary to golf and it's so successful. You can have even them playing like the course at the same time. Like I I know that would take a lot more coordination, but it's still achievable. Well, I, I, I don't even know. Then you start running into daylight issues in, in, you know, that's probably not doable with the size of this field. I mean, even though it is pretty much the longest um, days that you probably wouldn't be able to do them at the same course at the same time. But, but, you know, back to back weeks, you know, is, is I just wish they would get more creative with the formats and embolden the women's game, which again, I hate the argument that like the style of play isn't as exciting. It's just, it's just not on a TV as much. If it was on TV as much, like if the women were on TV to the degree that the men were, everyone would be fans of the women's game. The reason women's tennis and men's tennis, I think the purses are just about equal if they're not equal now is because the exposure on television is equal. It's it's not hard to figure out. It's the exposure on television that makes these things click. Continue. I'm sorry. The Women's British Open. Now, yeah. it makes perfect sense today that the Women's British Open is a major. But it actually it – was, it was started in 1976. Can with I the guess idea. the year? <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. I know where you're going with this. It was only recently made a major. Like – so recently that it's almost shocking since it's the British Open. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at it and say 2007 is when it became a major. 2001. Oh, yeah. I was gonna go earlier. But still, but yeah. still, you're you're thinking like the Women's British Open. Why would it not be a major? And and we're in a place now where three of the majors on each side correlate with each other you've got the u.s open the british and and the pga are our majors on the men's and women's side which which i think is good all the way around because it helps it helps you kind of just recognize that these tournaments have more branding across you know across the board so so that's good but it wasn't always run by the rna so it started in 1976 the women's british open the rna did not run it i forget the name of the organization the RNA didn't run it until 2017 when they over when they when they basically took over this. I think it was the Ladies Golf Union um, or, or Ladies Golf. It's something like that, like a players' association, right? Uh, over in Europe, and and it, it did struggle early on. It wasn't even a stop on the LPGA Tour until like the mid 90s. Um, but then in 2001, it became a major, and in 2007, St Andrews hosted it for the first time. And that was, you know, there was a couple uh, of the courses on the British Open rotation that would host it. But for the most part, like 90% of the time, it, it wasn't on those courses. It was on, on the next tier below um, style courses. So they weren't on the ones that we're used to seeing all the time. Now they're almost exclusively on the British Open rotation. It's the same set of courses. The RNA, you know, again, they're running it since 2017. Now it's a major. So now it does have that status. But it, it took a while for it to get there. I mean, with every, you know, quote unquote fun fact you share, it just shows how regressive and annoying golf has been and like is just climbing out of the dark ages. The RNA just got involved in 2017. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's insane. <laughs> just, it's so dumb. And yeah, they should be playing on the regular rota. They should be playing Carnoustie and Royal Lytham and St. Andrews and Turnberry. And the fact that they weren't doing that, that it wasn't even a major in two, 2007 is just... It's just bonkers to me. And this is another one where have them play the same course. Just have them play the same course. It, it's good for everybody. 
Yeah, and they pretty much do. They don't play the same courses the same year, but they they play the same courses. And yeah, it was. So the the RNA merged with the Ladies Golf Union, uh, the LGU, in 2017, and that's when they started running this. But it was basically, like I said, in 2007, St. Andrews started hosting it. That was the same year they had a $2 million purse for the first time. So, you know, it just kind of is is step-by-step. Now, I'll just push back a little bit on what you were saying. I mean, the men's game got a... 200 plus year head start you know so the british open on the men's side i believe dates back to 1860 so you know obviously they they had to start somewhere on the women's side it had to start somewhere uh it was different organizations you know it 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 took a lot longer you know they they they, they build from somewhere they build up we're there now obviously you'd like to I see mean, it. you you just create you you don't really just create a, a women's sporting event from scratch in 1976 and it instantly has the same stature that it does in the women's on the men's No, but I I think you just said the problem right there. The women's version of this tournament was created 100 years after the men's. Of course, they (laughs) had a 200-year head start. Yes. No, that's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the women's British Open. I love European golf. I'm always up at ungodly hours watching it. I was actually watching this tournament. um, I want to say it was the Kenya Open. It was a ladies' European tour event last weekend. That course was so slick. The sand was like red. There weren't deer in the in the trees. There was uh, giraffes and zebras. It was wow. friggin' awesome. And the course looked so hard. Like the leader, I think, was like one under and everyone else was plus. It was, I digress. I'm drinking a lot of coffee right now. No, I, I love I it. That's, 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 that's good stuff. So the Women's PGA Championship. Mm. Okay. Good. Lori's right? last shot. <laughs> well, not quite. Um, it's glorious. Do you give your real opinion about the PGA Championship now, or do you still have to be a company man? I know you work well, for the PGA. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, what? Well, yeah, what do you want to know? It's it's all good. It's <laughs> it's major championship golf. <laughs> Spicy. Okay, sorry. Continue. I know. I know. Um. So it was. It was. This actually the the, the women's PGA Championship is the only one of the five majors. That was born a major. Oh. And that's because the LPGA dictates what's a major. Like the, in, in men's golf, there's no organization that says these are the majors. Basically, it's the media that says these are the majors. It's not that way in the women's side. The, the LPGA actually says like, nope, nope, guys, these are the majors. This is when you became a major. This is when you stop becoming a major. It's, it's actually officially written down. Hmm. And the LPGA – invented the what is now the the kpmg women's pga championship up until 2015 as you said it was the lpga championship so they they have their own tournament they said we're going to make one of our tournaments a major it's going to be the lpga championship boom there you go so they they the lpga birthed a major and it's the only one of the five that's been a major for its entire career good for the lpga championship I love yeah. the PGA Championship. What an event. I think it's great playing your, your pros. Favorite. Playing pros getting out there with touring pros. Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see a woman from Nebraska shoot 82 right next to Lexi Thompson who's gunning for another major? I mean, who 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 doesn't want to see that? That's great. I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, totally. Um, if you if if you were if you were uh, in, in the gallery and you could follow, you know, Lydia Ko Lexi Thompson, Danielle Kang, 
or Barbara <laughs> from Tallahassee, Florida. Who would you want to follow? So Look, I'm sure Barbara's every a champ, Every major, every major makes room for the amateur, for the nine to fiver. What what's wrong with that? No, nobody's sitting here saying that the US amateur champion shouldn't shouldn't get an invite to the US Open. Wait a minute. I, I know the point you're making, but don't don't you always say the PGA championship, LPGA championship, the only full professional field in major championship golf, yeah. isn't that the big selling point? Only it's, pros. It's the maybe. hardest it's the it's the most challenging field in golf. Yeah, it's, oh, it's only course. pros. It's still it's 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 only pros, but you still get nine to five, you know, Joe Schmoes out there who who have a chance to go and, and play in a major. If so the, the PGA of the PGA of America um took over the LPGA championship in 2015. Okay. So so they've been running for so so really, Joe, the RNA took over the women's open in 2017. The PGA of America took over in 2015. So it's it hasn't been that long since we've really gotten these golf organizations on the same page with the men's and the women's major. Um, but, but we're there now. And I, I really feel like it, it, it feels like the right place to be. It does. You know, I understand the whole notion of having five major championships because you're trying to level what you have on the men's and women's side to make it easier for dumb cavemen, <laughs> golf fans to like follow and understand what's a major and what's not Four four is a better number. I wish there were only four majors. I, I just wish well, that's the way it was. Well, let's get into the let's get into the fifth um, because the Evian Championship, which it, it became a major in 2013, until then there were only four on the LPGA Tour, and I don't know what instigated this, but they just apparently they just said we need five. And Evian Masters, if, if you'll take the word Masters out of your name, you can be the fifth. I don't. I don't know. The event is played in France, and, and maybe they wanted we, more. The other, you know, you have the, obviously the Women's British Open, and the other three are played in the United States. And maybe they wanted to 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 throw another one across the pond. Um, I don't really know what what kind of you know sparked that, but it's only been since 2013 that that um, championship has been a major. Um, and the event began in 1994, so it, it only took 20 years um, for that for that for that baby to get elevated to major status. I love it. I love the event. I really enjoy watching it. I like events as dumb as this sounds because we were just making fun of corporate sponsors. I enjoy when events have the same corporate sponsors for a long time, just because it makes it feel more. Legitimate's the wrong word, but more complete, more genuine, more yeah. whole, more okay. genuine. That's exactly right. So, you know what? I retract my earlier statement. Five majors is fine. I like all these tournaments. You know, the LPG championship is fine. It's fine. I love all these tournaments. It's very, very fun. Are you okay with five? I I know you're okay with five, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're, we're used to four. I, I'm just a little surprised that out of, out of you know, all of this history, and, and there were times where there, there were only two majors on the LPGA tour. And we're going to get into, right. we're going to get into a couple more championships, um, previous majors, but it, it does seem a little weird that they just said, okay, now we have five, uh, but it's all good. So Joe, well, the champions tour has five majors. 
Yeah, everybody, as everybody knows. <laughs> Can you name? Wait a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you play a game, Nick. <laughs> name, rip off as many champions tours, major championships as you can. Right. Well, now. I know there's the senior PJ Championship. Okay. And I know there's one. The senior, I know there's the senior U.S. Open. Okay. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume there's a senior British Open. <laughs> I know wins there is be- wins before 2003 at the senior British open are not even considered champions tour victories. They're like exhibition <laughs> wins, but you've got three. Okay. If you're able to get the fifth one, I'm, I'm going to say, well, I got to get the fourth before I can get the fifth. And uh, this one, I don't think is a major, I know there's the Charles Schwab, but I, I, I that's like their FedEx cup playoffs. It's not the, it's not the uh, major. I, I don't I'll help think- you out with the fourth one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The Senior Players Championship. Oh, my God. And the fifth one. I can't wait to see your face when I say this out loud. The Regions Tradition. Obviously. The Regions Tradition. That sounds like like the senior major that John Daly will win. He probably – you know what? He's probably already won it. He's probably already won it. Go ahead. So there are three LPGA majors – that used to be majors that have had their major status stripped from them. Um, I actually thought the Evian was one of these. I actually thought the Evian had been a major for a long time, then was stripped. You're saying it's the opposite. The Evian started in 94, became right. a major in 13. It never right. lost its major status. Okay. Um, I, I think I know which one you're thinking of, but before we get to that, there's the title holders, which um, – Kind of started on the same path as the Masters. It was played in Georgia, in Augusta, Georgia, um, starting in 1937 at Augusta Country Club. Uh, you know, so it really had kind of the the, the opportunity to be, to be parallel with the Masters. In the 1930s, there were not a lot of women professional golfers, uh, which which may have may have led to. I mean, I think the first. 10, 12 of these things were won by amateurs, uh, which isn't too surprising. A lot of those winners later became pros. I think there are four women who won it as an amateur and then later on won it as a pro. Um, that that tournament is no longer. It's, it's defunct. There's the Women's Western Open, which, which is the oldest LPGA major. It started in 1930. And these ones, the LPGA was formed in 1950. So they kind of retroactively said, okay, that's a major. We'll give you credit for a major. That one was match play, which when I, when I found this out, I'm like, damn, we need a match play major today. Like we missed it by 75 years. Like a match play major would be sweet. Like TV convenience be damned. Like that would just be cool. Yeah, the PGA Championship. What's the one major no one gives a damn about that needs some spice? Either make the LPGA Championship match play or make them use persimmon clubs. Those are the only two options to make it interesting. What if what if the men's side went to five majors and, and made the Dell Technologies match play a major? Would you would you, you vote you, yay or nay on that? I mean, did you hear the words you just said? The Dell Technologies match play a well, major? Well, I'm sorry. The Chevron Championship is a major. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that title either. Call it the Dinosaur, for God's sakes. No, <laughs> I um, I would like to have a match play major. Yeah, it would be sweet. It would be regardless sweet. of male, female, non-binary. Make yes. make match play a major. It's fun. Yeah, nobody complains about what. Do you watch the U.S. Amateur? 
Uh, yeah, when it's at a cool yeah. venue, I do. Like there was, Where they, was they it played banded? it. A, oh my god, I watched it every second of that. That yeah. was awesome. Did, were you ever like, God, match play is lame? Does, <laughs> I really hate anybody watching ever, these two great players. <laughs> literally, has anybody ever been watching match play and be like, God, I hate? I wish this was seventy-two holes of stroke play. Well, like, the argument against it is so obvious, right? It's that TV. You only have two people. If the people who are playing are not compelling, then that's the problem. Well. The same thing happens in stroke play events. You have these big championships where you often have final pairings or the final couple groups without that compelling of a person. So you still have the same effect. And then they end up showing, you know, Lexi, who's plus six or like Rory, who's plus 13 finishing at 18 instead of who's in the lead. So you're still going to have the same problem. And if by some hook or crook, you got this incredible matchup of, Rory versus Justin Thomas, 18 holes for a major, whatever the case may be. That is sensational. And that's why I missed the 18-hole playoff in the U.S. Open. I, I, I can't get into that rant right now, but damn, that was cool. I wish they still had that. God, just uh, Yeah, just talking about this. Match play, bring, bring it back. Okay. I'm going to butcher this name, and it's because I, I'm not I a wait. user of tobacco. The Demorier Classic? Am I getting that right? The Demour, the Demorier Classic, Demorier I mean, Classic. Is this like a cigarette brand that's so yes. old it was recommended by doctors? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? It was Demorier? an LPGA. It was a, it was an LPGA major. I I I don't know the brand. Why don't you tell me about the golf tournament? Well, it's it's actually very significant mm. that it had a tobacco sponsorship because it's. It's the tournament that is today the Canadian Women's Open. So it's a Canadian event. And Canada Canada changed its tobacco advertising laws, which which stripped the DeMaurier Classic of its funding, which also stripped it of its status as a major. And it was replaced in 2001 by the Women's British Open. And now it's it's still on the LPGA Tour. It's like I said, it's the Canadian Women's Open. But – because of these tobacco laws and the sponsorship impact, it's no longer a major. Yeah, that uh, that in fact is a Canadian brand of cigarettes. The brand is named after Sir Gerald de Maurier, the noted British actor. And uh, they still exist today, Nick. 92 years strong, de Maurier cigarettes. Smoke them if you got them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we allowed to, to advertise for, for these cigarettes? I mean, is that is that within the, the legal laws? I think, I think podcasting you can advertise whatever the hell you want i'm I'm not saying get the cigarettes but i'm just giving you facts of what they are they were founded in 1930 and named after a, a british actor and i think i i think that's it but i uh I, I, oh yeah oh yeah here we go pat bradley won three majors at the demurrier classic really she did indeed while it was a major obviously you still get credit Keegan's aunt, three majors at the tobacco uh, open. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If there's one golfer on the PGA Tour who looks like he needs a cigarette, <laughs> it's Keegan Bradley, the twitchiest guy out there. That's good research, Nick. I'm excited for the LPGA season. I'm more excited to hear that the purse – this news came out about a month ago – that the purse for the U.S. Women's Open has nearly doubled, um, pumping more money into it. Get more eyeballs on it. The product is great. It just needs to be on TV more. It's it's it it, it drives me nuts. Um, 
just a real quick aside. I don't know if you watched any of the U.S. Senior Women's Open that happened last summer that Annika won. Annika teed it up. It was kind of a big deal. Laura Davies was in the field. Um, British golfer, legend. I'm sure she won the Senior Women's British Open, the Women's British Open, many, many times. You know what she does with the driver off the tee, Nick? She takes that one wood. She taps behind the earth a little bit on the tee box, sets that ball down without a tee, one waggle and lets it fly. I've told so many people about this since I've seen it. It is so friggin' cool. Google Laura Davies, no tea. You will not be disappointed. It's fabulous. Yeah, when I uh, when I worked for the PGA in those those glory years, there was a couple of pros who you can use the grass as as a tea. It's like written yeah. into the rules, which seems unnecessary. But yeah, that you you. I saw a guy who did it all the time on par threes. You just jab it in, create a little divot, in the, that little raised earth, and you know, balance it on there and let it rip. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, Nick, before we get to our mad golfer of the week, um, I had a pretty busy day at the office, hmm. and uh, I heard a rap on the door about one p.m. And I ran, and I looked, I hoped, and sure enough, it was my maiden order. From the newest sponsor of At The Turn, Piper Golf. Tour quality golf balls for amateur prices. Get 10% off your order using the promo code TURN10 at piper.golf. Piper offers an online guide, helps you find your perfect fit. I'm either the gold or the black. I got sent both. I got to figure out which one I am. I'm going to play both, see what happens. Nick, I ripped open the box like a gorilla and all the balls tumbled everywhere on the floor. I've been using them, putting in the office. They had this really cool alignment line on the golf balls that really helps with the putting. Look out, Idaho Corner Club Open. I'm coming for you with my Piper golf balls. Turn 10 at checkout, piper.golf. There's going to be a series of questions on there, they're going to recommend which color ball is best for your game. It's a fun quiz. They ask you like, hey, how far do you hit, hit your seven iron? Be truthful. They want to help you out. Piper.golf. Turn 10 at checkout. Nick, I know you're excited for Piper Golf. I can't wait. I, I actually got my uh, Piper Blues today. Mm. Um, I, I love the alignment line because it's it's small enough that if you don't use it, you you can easily like turn it the other way, but it's it's right. there if you need it. It's there if you yeah. need it. It's it's gone when you don't. Yeah, it's it's not like an overwhelming thing on the golf ball. It's just a little bit of an aid. Again, turn ten at checkout. Piper dot golf. Pipe it down the fairway with Piper. Nick, it's been unseasonably warm here in Oregon. Yeah, you keep talking about all this golf you've been playing. I'm looking out my window at two feet so of snow. Much. I'm like, oh my god, what? Where is Joe lying about all this golf no. he's playing? Like, what is going on here? Look, if the world's going to end because of climate change, at least get that handicap down. I've been out there, baby, and I've been out there with Matchstick Golf. Matchstickgolf.com. Use promo code Turn Twenty at checkout for twenty percent off your order. I go with the combo, Nick. I keep. The stack of cash for birdie putts, the floppy disk when I'm trying to save a par, bogey or double bogey. I love it. 
People always ask me about them. My buddy had the orange creamsicle. They're always releasing new ball markers. Turn 20 at checkout for 20% off your order. That's the biggest discount Matchstick offers. Matchstickgolf.com. Nick, I feel so bad you haven't been able to use your slice of pizza. I know. Seriously. And I don't know. It's not looking good. I mean, we got... We got probably eight more weeks, six to eight more weeks before I'm, <sighs> before I'm swinging the sticks. Nick, you've probably noticed we're about 40, 45 minutes into the podcast. And I am still flying high. You know how that's yeah. happening? <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell me. T-Box Coffee, baby. Another new partner here on At The Turn. We're so proud to be partnered with T-Box Coffee. So, Nick, I'm I'm really afraid that a lot of our listeners are still out there like going to the grocery store and buying coffee, which don't be ashamed. You can admit it. You can admit it. But T-Box Coffee is a roast to order coffee company. They don't roast your beans until after your order is placed. That gets you the freshest possible coffee. What kind of coffee? How about back nine espresso? Mm, How about some barn caddy cold brew? That's what I got going right now because it's so nice and toasty here in Portland, Oregon. Use the promo code TURN15 at checkout for 15% off at tboxcoffee.com. Nick, they're all coming in and at the turn. I I cannot wait to to, uh, get some T-Box coffee in my system. I think I'm going to be a really good spokesperson for T-Box coffee. Number one. I okay. play like 90% of my golf. Yes. Between like teeing off on the first tee before 6.15 a.m. Also, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm about to have two kids. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's just no way around it. It's just coffee 24-7. So I can really, really speak to the validity of T-Box Coffee. T-Box Coffee, promo code TURN15 at checkout. Nick, it is that time for the Mad Golfer of the Week, when we look at reviews of a golf course and decide who is the maddest golfer. Now, the last episode we had was our dear friend and PGA pro, Justin Smoot, who works out at Key West Golf Club. He implored us to check out the reviews of his golf course. So, Justin, I did just that. Here are a couple of appetizers to whet your whistle. Quote, That Eeyore you have checking people really knows how to suck the fun and energy out of the room. (laughs) Here's another quote. Overpriced, super unfriendly check-in guy, Eric, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, it could be Smoot because it's Eric, maybe. And uh, Drink Cart Girl was great, though. So a a, a little recovery, though. Like, Like the Drink Cart Girl. The winner is uh, Doctor Old School. I'm gonna. I, I need a sip of tea box coffee to prepare for this because this is, this is this is amazing. Mm. Okay. All right. You didn't even put this one. So on this the is from. I know what to expect now? Right now. Yeah, Doctor Old School. So this is titled Iguana Country. Here we go. Quote: This course is half golf course and half zoo with birds and iguanas running around everywhere. Had to slam the brakes on the golf cart a few times to avoid hitting the lizards and wait for them to move away from the balls in the fairway. Rough. See photo. And to clear tee boxes. Some were small. Others are huge. As for the course itself, it's here or nothing in Key West and they know it. That said, it's top dollar for very subpar conditions tee to green. 
I know they've had a lot of rain recently, and the course obviously does not drain well, but it's pure supply and demand to pay $100 for these conditions. Lots of dead spots, even on greens, sand traps full of water or mud, and it's just ugly to look at. Staff was okay, nothing special. Was a bit of a pain to get through security in an Uber. The land itself has potential with some tight driving holes. Greens are tricky, especially if you're on the wrong side of the hole. If there was somewhere else to play, I would say go elsewhere, but there's not. So if you want to golf while in Key West, you're stuck here. Just don't expect too much, except for the high price tag and Animal Kingdom that is Dr. Old School. Nick, can you guess what star rating out of five Dr. Old School gave based on what I just read you? I'm going to guess four. That was a three-star rating. It's, it's not, you know what? It's a lot of money, a lot of wildlife, but damn it, it's the only golf course in town. <laughs> you don't have any other options. I would get a one-star, but it's the only track out there. They got a monopoly on freaking Key West. Um, uh, we got to text Smoot and tell is... him to fast forward 45 minutes into the episode, though I'm sure he's very familiar with Dr. Old School. Oh, my God. That guy probably plays there 300 times a year. Nick, I... <laughs> Nick, I encourage I I I encourage us in this podcast to really educate people. This is this is really a learning experience, I think, for a lot of folks. And that's why we're debuting a new segment called Nick Rules, where Nick talks about a rule of the game to educate us. Nick, go ahead. Is that the name of the segment? I, I just thought you were just like reminding me in the on the spreadsheet, like Nick rules. Nick, no, I, I should have Don't forget the rules, point. Nick. Like I'm I'm carrying this whole operation, Nick. The least you can do is some rules. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm titling it Nick rules. <laughs> I like that. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I just I researched a couple rules and I got one in my back pocket for a later episode that I Great. actually think is better than this one. So we're starting slow. We're going to work our way up, you know? Like okay. And this is, this is a, you know, tip of the cat, tip of the cap to Dane Delgado from Matchstick Golf. Because it's a, um, it's a rule about marking your ball. Before a player's ball is marked and lifted, it is at rest on the putting green. As the player approaches the ball, the ball moves for no apparent reason to another spot. True or false, Joe, the ball must be replaced. True. The ball is in the green. It starts moving. Do you replace it or not? Have I gone? Am am I on the green? No. The, the, The ball. False. False. Before it's marked and lifted. Correct. It is false. It's false. Okay. That is why you need your mark from matchstick golf. You don't own that spot on the green until you put that matchstick marker on the green, pick up your ball. Then, no matter what happens, you own that plot of land. Call the real estate agent's uncle, buy the golf course. You own it. Once you put... Once you put that matchstick golf marker down, you own that plot of land. Until you do, and that's why when you ever watch you watch golf and, and a ball stops right at the top of a ridge, like six feet from the hole, they're like, oh, we better gonna mark that thing. You don't own that spot until you mark it. Promo code turn 20 at checkout. Um, great. Go. And that's, that is Nick Rules. Uh, I'm going to debut... One more thing that I know Nick is not going to like, which means I'm going to like it a lot. 
This is just old timey advice to end the podcast. I'm, I'm just going to try this out for a few episodes, see how it works. So here's your old timey advice. This is from Ben Hogan. All right. Golf is 20% talent and 80% management. Mm. You're, you're, you're so right. <laughs> it's easy for the guy with just like the top, a top five swing of all time to say, oh, it's only 20% talent. Yeah, there's a, there's literally the most famous golf book ever. It's just Ben. Ho- it's just dissecting one man's swing, and it's Ben, it's ben Hogan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna love that. If, if, Jim, because- if Jim Furyk said that, like that would be one thing. <laughs> uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of At the Turn. We're gonna come back. We're doing this every Monday. Nick has made the commitment. He is eschewing his family. Damn the new house purchase. He's not going to move. He's just going to be here for you every single Monday as I'm going to be with brand new episodes of At The Turn. We promise to stay on that schedule. So many big things coming up over the next several weeks. Interviews we're excited about. Bits we're going to continue to try and see if they work or not. Enjoy. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn. Thank you.